Welcome to another edition of Talking Tigs. I'm a, one of your hosts, Scott Gerard. I'm joined also by Tommy Johnson and Daniel Zollinger. Uh, got another, probably light one for you this week. Uh, although there was the uh, the NCAA Final Four Championship. We we'll might get into that. There was some, some LSU football news that kind of trickled out. And then, uh, you know, we definitely have to talk about LSU baseball and where we think that may be heading uh, because... Uh, Vanderbilt took it to the Tigers this weekend, sweeping them, which makes it the second straight sweep I think LSU has had since, I don't know, definitely before Skip Bertman days. I don't think the Tigers had been 1-6 in SEC play since the uh, Richard Milhouse-Nixon days, uh, if that gives you any perspective on things. But before we go any further, um, I wanted to check in with the coast, see how you guys are doing. I had a good Easter weekend, got to spend it with uh, the family out of town. So that was, that was really good. Watched the basketball games, final four, second game was a little bit better than the championship. Sad that Gonzaga couldn't do the perfect season, uh, but enjoyed watching it, enjoyed the weather. And yeah, the LSU baseball train has been derailed and we'll, we'll go into that, but overall doing pretty good. Right. Scott, I'm telling you, I'm just tired. I don't know why I'm just exhausted and uh, ready to do this podcast because now I feel like I accomplished something. Right. Yeah. But. Yeah. It's good to check something across, across the box. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, and before I forget, I wanted to say, I'm just going to put this out there. I can try and splice it in later, but hope you guys had a good Easter as my lead in. But um, uh, yeah, I hear you, man. It's uh, you know, there's a lot of things I wanted to get done this weekend leading up to Easter and even this week, but I just, these other things keep coming up, and I just, uh, I just don't see if I'm going to be able to do it all. Uh, but you know, I guess such is life. Um, but I know you guys. If nothing else, you're you're able to watch the uh, the title game last night, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. Um, like I said, it was. I mean, I'm happy for Baylor winning the national championship, but I kind of wanted to see Gonzaga like do it, just take it all the way. Oh yeah, and that's what you expected, like after that crazy win against UCLA, and it just didn't happen. I almost thought that like after, so the real, I mean, we what we find it found out was almost like the real national championship was kind of that that Final Four game. Um, you know that I mean that that's what you want to see in a in a title game. You wanna you want it to go down to the to the wire and um have all the drama and stuff, but yeah, you, I, I felt like that. I, I also wanted to see kids. I don't really care. Right. And, and I, f- I actually found out like kind of later on, or I was thinking about it later on, um, you know, like maybe we should have been rooting for Baylor cause they had like two or three Louisiana guys on their team, which is kind of cool, but uh, I didn't really care either way. I just wish that it had been a better game. It was a little bit, just, you know, with the, with the way that, Gonzaga had played in that final four game for them to go out and perform the way they did. It's kind of disappointing. I don't think anyone expected that. Mm -hmm. Um, Even when they went out to like a nine Oh run, you probably thought, wow, I, I mean, I wasn't expecting to see that, but then you think, all right, uh, I guess Gonzaga will settle down. I thought Timmy would do something. (laughs) Right. But I mean, that it never really happened. Like the uh-uh. closest they got after that initial nine Oh run, uh, the closest they got was halftime. They were down by 10 yeah. and it, uh, it never, the, the, the momentum never changed again. And it was even after they were up like 21 to six or 27 to 13 or whatever it was. I thought, you know what? All Baylor has to do is just keep hitting shots. 
I mean, for, for Gonzaga to get out of this hole, they have to hit everything and have Baylor miss some things. But Baylor just didn't look like they were going to miss anything. That's usually, you know, there's just no momentum. They just held control from wire to wire. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think anyone expected that. Like you said, I mean, it didn't make for a very good game, unless you're a Baylor fan. But yeah, um, I can't imagine what kind of money was riding on just, you know, just the the over under the game, the, the outcome, the margin of victory, all that. I mean, it was out the window in the first three minutes. Well, ba- uh, Baylor or, or uh, Gonzaga was favored by four points. So, I mean, the whole I can. I'm glad I didn't. I'm glad I didn't have any money on that game because I probably would have bet on Gonzaga. I felt like after that, I felt like almost for them. Uh, in, when I was when I was like thinking about the game, kind of predicting it, my thought was Gonzaga just played the toughest game of their entire season in the Final Four. They gritted it out. I thought that was going to be a huge, almost like, you know, like almost like a confidence booster, a, you know, something to get over. They got over that. They, they got through that win and nothing. Like if, if you can't, if they, they don't lose to that, like on that kind of game where it feels like their opponents kind of catching every break and it's staying neck and neck with them the whole time. I feel like if you can't beat them, then UCLA meaning, then no one's beating them. Yeah, it's kind of like hindsight is twenty twenty, but you felt that UCLA game was either going to like energize them and like take them riding all the way, but then it turned out the other way where it maybe it just turned out that space spit everything. Yeah, they, they, had. they drained all their magic, all their juice in the semifinal, um, and then they just had nothing left in the tank. They were shooting ice cold in the championship. <sighs> they were they were ice cold. I mean, it was it was like sad. Now, one thing I did see that was kind of interesting. People were saying, "Oh, you know, we wanted to see the we wanted to see the history. We want to see the the." Uh, undefeated season and uh the coach of baylor it's scott drew right yeah yeah he was saying um well you know we were undefeated when before because like the big thing that happened to baylor was they had that like COVID outbreak yeah and then they sat for like three weeks yeah they they didn't didn't play play. and he was like yeah we were undefeated before the outbreak and he was like i think we could have easily been like an undefeated team going to this going to this tournament and if they hadn't had this COVID thing so I don't know. I mean, like, obviously it doesn't really matter because it didn't happen, but um, right. that's still something cool to kind of think about. Yeah. Um, and I actually had them in, in one of my brackets. So that was, it was nice to finally feel some sort of redemption. I don't think I'd ever called someone in the, in the brackets before. Did you, did you end up winning that one? No, I, I don't think so because I didn't have enough points going into it. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I haven't checked it because I know I wasn't the only one that picked them. Uh, and my, my score wasn't that hot beforehand but i I think um i was in the uh like the 87th percentile before the game uh with one you know with that one game left but uh i don't know i I had actually had two brackets one was gonzaga one was baylor you know hedging your bets and all that but uh oh they they already took down the the whole oh there it is bracketology i see it um all right i was in the 95 percent oh wow yeah, I didn't. I didn't obviously didn't win at all. But um, so you had you in both of your brackets, you had Gonzaga and Baylor playing in the national championship with a one and one, like one team winning, the other one team winning. Yeah, it's Chalky McChalkerson. He's got the other favorites. Well, <laughs> the one where I had Baylor winning, I actually had them playing Houston in the Final Four, and I didn't have that in any other bracket. I don't know why. I just I just picked them. It just worked out that way. Yeah, there was no rhyme or reason whatsoever. Um, 
but I called that one. Uh, I mean, my score prediction was way off, <laughs> uh, but I don't think anyone expected Baylor to win by 16. Uh, show me the guy that did, and he's just lucky. You know, the other thing, and, and maybe maybe we should give more credit to Baylor, but um, now that I'm thinking about it, you bringing up how you had uh, Houston playing Baylor in the Final Four, like Houston was a team going into that Final Four game where I was like, oh, man, that's going to be a great game. They're going to really, you know, it's going to be neck and neck. Baylor probably wins, but I think Houston's going to give them a game, and they didn't. It, so it was maybe, worse, yeah, worse than the championship. Houston was terrible in that game. But maybe it's not Houston being terrible or Gonzaga being terrible, but maybe there's just something Baylor was doing. Yeah. That you know what I mean? Like their defense is so good, or the way that they're they're way to, able to spread out and set up on offense. I don't know. Maybe we need to give more credit to the Bears. Maybe. I mean, uh, not to take anything away from Gonzaga, uh, but I mean that you know they had the undefeated season, but um, you know it was what are they in the West the West Coast Conference or something? It's it's like a I don't know something like that. Like they weren't playing the. I don't think they were playing the necessarily the caliber of teams that Baylor was week in and week out. Dave uh, Miranda's going to want to borrow some of those wins. Yeah, true. <laughs> sure. Um, but you know what? It's it's interesting because uh, uh, Baylor. If you think about it, man, this program all like a. It wasn't just football, but it was several of their programs had this you know, this, this cloud over it because of uh, everything with our Bryles and mm-hmm. all that back in the day. But, it, you know, they, they turned it around. Kind of gives you some hope about, about LSU because of all the stuff that's, that's going on there. That's a really good segue, Scott. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, it just kind of worked itself out naturally, like a zipper. Um, but, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, like I said, now that um, – now that the whole basketball season's over, the March Madness is over. I mean, you know, one's down and now, you know, football's about to begin They're You know, they're practicing. There's going to be a spring game. I, I think we're 11 days from the spring game. Yeah. Um, but I mean, there's still, you know, just a lot of stuff going on with it. Uh, you know, what's, what's going to happen you know, with things that's going on off the field. Um, I don't know if you've been following it, you know, but there's a story of this, some security guard at the, Superdome during a high school football, or excuse me, yeah, it was a, it was a high school football game. Uh, and I guess supposedly Darius guy says something to her. It was, she claimed it was sexual harassment and, you know, called the school, wanted him to, wanted them to take him out of the, the Citrus Bowl that year and, you know, didn't want him to play. I don't know. They just want him punished, basically. Just, just punish him for us. And uh, I don't know. She talks to some people at issue, but uh, Coach O says he didn't talk to her. But now it's in the legal phase and he was on a, uh, OTB this morning. He, they, you know, they prefaced it. T. Bob said, "I, we're not going to talk about it because it's in the legal phase." So they didn't ask him any questions about it. But um, you know, it was a question of whether or not Coach O was going to show up to a, you know, I guess a state senate committee and testify or just give his word. And he says, "Nope, um, I'm just going to, you know, here's my written declaration and all that." And he's not going to show up. Um, the weird thing is, is you know, everything that happened, it went from. You know what happened. You know what he say, and no one's really questioning that. But it's like it went from uh, someone trying to report an incident of, you know, perceived harassment into I guess extortion because they wanted yeah. LSU, they wanted LSU to pay this woman uh, on behalf of some local football coach who was I guess speaking on her and her family's behalf. And if you read. If you read some of the the notes on it, I don't want to say transcript because it's, I, I don't know, it's it, it came out of the Hush Blackwell report, I guess. But there was 
a time where they were going back and forth with this coach, not the woman or her family, but this coach who's speaking on her behalf. And uh, they're saying, yeah, yeah, she needs some money. And LSU was like, all right, all right so what, what are you asking for? He says, I, you know, just whatever's fair. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> no, no, you, you can't just call us up and say, hey, I need some money, and then just have me give you a figure. We, we're not going to do that. Hey, we don't want to any money, but we're not gonna we're not gonna give you an idea of what to ask us for. How about uh, thirty bucks? Okay, yeah, that sounds good. I'll take thirty bucks. You know, I just now it's and then eventually I guess they talk with someone and it came back with like a lawyer answer of oh we will need thirty thousand dollars for pain and suffering. She cries herself to sleep at night and all this other stuff. So you can tell they'd probably talk to someone uh, after that whole uh, numbers fiasco thing. But this is just a crazy story. Anyway, yeah. You you know, it's just like, what, what, what the heck do you think is, go- I mean, I, I kind of feel like LSU can exhale a little bit because, you know, they tried to get money out of it, but I mean, it's still not a good look, but just like, what do what do you make of this? Story? Yeah. It's, it's so weird. Like when the story first broke, it almost seemed like too crazy to even be true, but now they've had some of the reports and they've got like recordings and text messages where it seems like Darius guys did definitely probably say something to this woman, but then they kind of conflated it. And at this point it's like a whole, like he said, he says, she said type of thing where nobody can really kind of put the nail in the coffin one way or the other. If I had to say like, they got this guy Williams, who was that coach that was like quote unquote, like representing her. And then he was like the one talking to Verge Osbury, like and wanted a hundred thousand. But then the lady said that she never asked for any money. She just wanted guys to be suspended. And then, and then in like, I think in one of the text messages, at least I, I feel like the one of the ones I read, cause they released some of the text messages. It's like, we either want a hundred thousand dollars or we want him not to play in the bowl game. It's like, how is that equal? Yeah. And then, so the, the quote on this ESPN article is, that Williams, the coach said, what's the value of Darius guys playing in the citrus bowl. And I mean, I couldn't tell you what that, what the value right. of that so, is. But. So if he, if he didn't play in the citrus bowl, she was going to stop crying to sleep at night. I, I don't, I'm not, I'm not sure if that's like what they can't, you can't have either or, but then like when you're asking for money claim, there's that much emotional damage. Yeah. And then, ba- and then back to the Orgeron thing, like he is claiming that he tried to call the lady but then the coach like picked up and he never talked to the lady herself. And then she wouldn't talk to him unless he like gave his word that he was going to suspend Darius guys, which seems kind of weird that like, wouldn't you want to talk to him first and then like make sure that she's got some dirt on him or something, but uh, it's weird. And then now this is all coming back, whatever, four years later. It's crazy to me that like, I don't know. I think that everyone knows Darius guys is a bad guy right like he's probably a bad guy <laughs> and and if you, from what from what you you hear especially now it's it's interesting how everything comes out when when um when the one story breaks the USA today breaks a story or ESPN starts talking about Darius guys's personal issues or whatever then you start hearing oh well you know in high school he had a lot of issues too but it's like, well, nobody cared. Nobody cared about this. Nobody talked about it when he was being recruited, when he, or when he was the the heir apparent to uh, Leonard Fournette. You know, like this was not really a thing. It wasn't like, oh, like Darius Geis. You know, he's 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 got some trouble. Like, supposedly they say that he he was doing similar things at Catholic High, and that it was kind of swept under the rug or whatever. I don't know. Like, I, we weren't there. I don't. I, I all. Um, it's all rumors. But. Uh, 
I do think that I do think that like, and it makes sense because when, you know, who are you going to go after? You're going to go after Darius guys. who's already being gone after and probably doesn't have as much money. Or are you going to go after LSU, the great institution that has all the money in the world and that if you sue them and if you bug them long enough, they'll give you money. Like, you know what I mean? And not to mention the whole, like the, you want them to do the right thing and everything, but especially when, when the extortion little story comes out, like, okay, this is, there, there's at least part of this that's, that's coming for money. It's about money. They wanted, they wanted a hundred thousand dollars. That's what they felt like was equal. Like, like you said, Scott, that's what they felt like was worth Darius guys equal to not Darius guys, not playing in the, in the citrus bowl or whatever. So that I, the extortion part is very strange to me. Now today, uh, they, the USA today also released, and they've been all over this. They've been releasing article after article and like an in-depth interview with this, with Sharon Lewis, who was like an associate AD who still works there, which is kind of crazy to me that she like, so, you know, theoretically she was at work today and she gave this whole long piece on how she's been uh, retaliated against how she was, she was one of the ones who was advocating for miles to be gone. And she was standing up and speaking out and doing all this stuff that she was retaliated against. She names Osbury. She aims, uh, she even, she even put some blame on Woodward um, for, for defending Osbury or whatever. I don't know. I don't know any, I don't know what this, it's all very, very confusing. There's so many different plot lines going on, but I think that the, 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 the problem for LSU is that there hasn't been any, no, nobody's heads really rolled yet. Mm-hmm. And I feel like in this, that's just the symptom of today, but you got to fire somebody. And like, I think, I, I don't know. Like, I feel like it's bad. I don't want to, a lot of people are calling for coach O to be fired. Even Matt, Matt Moscona's out here calling for Coach O to be fired. Um, I think that there's a lot of people who maybe would gain, have something to gain if Coach O was fired. But regardless, I mean, I think Osbury's probably gone, like, for good. Miriam Seeger's probably gone for good. Um, I don't think Woodward would be gone. But it, it, just, it just seems to me, and, like, Scott, you brought up the Baylor thing. Baylor did a very good job. Or I don't know if it's very good, but what Baylor did was they got rid of everybody and they brought in all new people. And when, and that allowed them to, I mean, you don't even really think about it anymore, right? Like they had like a bad, two bad years of sports. And then now that, you know, then Matt rule comes in, totally turns the program around at, at what, when, before Matt rule went on to the NFL to be a head coach you know, that they were one of the best programs in the country. So it's definitely possible, but I think you have to, in order to do that, if you're going to commit to the Baylor, the Baylor model, you got to cut, you got to cut loose heads have to roll and LSU hasn't done it yet. Yeah. It's hard to see like anybody in this particular case, like kind of going though, cause you can't really get order on because he was like, yeah, I didn't talk to her. And then she said he talked to him, but it's like, well, where's the evidence really? And you can't go after Geis. I mean, they already got him for the assault. Yeah, stuff. yeah Geis is a non-factor. Um, it, it is difficult. Like, there's no one you can't go after. You can, you can kind of just say like LSU is a nebulous entity was wrong here, but yeah, they already got him for a gazillion other things and the Hush Blackwell stuff. And they're already supposedly ad- uh, addressing that. Mm-hmm. I I don't, but and I don't, Dana. Like, I think that's a, that's a good point. I think you're right, but that's not what today calls for. You know what I mean? Like it, they don't care. Like the the court of public opinion, the USA Today, they're going to keep running stories, 
and they're going to destroy the LSU brand for as long as they can and, and until they feel like penance has been paid. And I hate to think about like someone losing their job or whatever for, for, you know, when they didn't do anything wrong. Um, but I don't know. I feel like the, those are the decisions that are probably being made right now at the athletic department of like, okay, like how far do we need to go? Right. Well, I, I think they were, they've already put out some, some descriptions of things that they were going to do, you know, training and make appointing like a whole department for, for title nine, even more than they already had, even though they had something in place already. Uh, but I, I think they need to look back at the incidents that were reported because even before this, uh, e- event when it wasn't even a like an LSU event, right? Like guys was just at this football game and he did it. You know, it wasn't like it was LSU playing at some event and then he did it on his way into the locker room at halftime or after the game or something. You know, this wasn't even like a LSU sanctioned thing. He was just there. Um, not doesn't excuse his uh, behavior, but I just I, I don't see what that has to do with you know with with LSU. With, at that point, I mean, it's a character issue for sure, but I mean, there's, there's other things that were already there. Like there were two reported, you know, rapes supposedly. Um, and the uh, assistant coaches knew about at least two. So I think if you want heads to roll, you, you look at that and go back to those instances, because um, if that guy, if that type of guy is on your team, uh, you know, and you know about it, that is, that is looking the other way. You know, that is allowing this, um, you know, horrible character on the team that, like, that you already know it's bad, even though he's, uh, you know, well, shoot, uh, Leonard Frenet just left. He's, he's the next best thing. So I don't want to, I don't want to rock the boat, but, uh, you know, the, the boat's getting rocks now, now that he's gone. So uh, I don't know. I think those, those guys may be gone, you know, cause that was during Miles's time. So I, I don't know. I mean, they, they can make some corrections. They can say what they're, you know, that they're changing their tune, but, yeah, I mean, it's like who who would you get? Who would you kick out though? I mean, I don't think you can put it on a leave. I mean, he, well, everyone's gone basically, right? It, it, everyone is gone, but I mean, they now the the thing to worry about, and I I, I don't know, maybe I'm a little bit pessimistic on it, but I, I really do. It's it's strange to me that like, it, I mean, the stuff keeps coming out, like it doesn't stop. You know, I, I feel like we, when we talked about the Hush Blackwell thing and they made the big announcement, they said, like, okay, this is everything. Then we kind of thought, okay, well, like, maybe this is everything. Maybe that's it. Maybe six months from now, maybe by the time spring football, summer football starts, we won't even be talking about this. We're still talking about it. And uh, so what, what concerns me a little bit is that with, with all the different things of, like, okay, you got the guy stuff. Then you got this like extortion stuff just going on that like who knows what what's going on with that. Then you got this this woman working in the athletic department saying that she's being bullied and retaliated because she's speaking up. Then you have the other the, the completely unrelated stuff of like you know the the paid for pay for players all the the, the NCAA investigations they're already happening that no one's talking about right now because this is the main central. What concerns me is the the potential of a lack of institutional control you know, just slapping that on LSU, which that would be huge. And that's the thing that, that we've been, we've talked about on this podcast. That's the thing that like the LSU like is trying to stop is getting slapped with that label. And um, again, like we've said, the way that this works is 
you have to you you have to make you have to correct yourself and then put, you know submit it to the NCAA and say is that good enough? And I feel like just the just with the turn of events, the way that like LSU already made their they made a bunch of corrections and then there's more news coming out. It almost feels like it's not going to be whatever they did is not going to be good enough because the news keeps coming. So I and I do think I think this is something to watch as well. Um, I'm not saying that I'm I, by no means I, I want to say on the record I'm not saying I want Coach O fired, but I think that this is a true test into how much Scott Woodward trusts Coach O and likes Coach O, not personally but as a coach at LSU. As what is it, what is his feeling? What is his temperature on? Ed Ogeron to coach of LSU. I feel like if he has any questions and any, and says, you know what, I actually might rather have yet him or this person or that person. This is the, I mean, this is, this is the way you can get rid of him. Like you could probably fire him for cause. And I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm not saying it's the best thing to do for LSU, but I think that that's something to watch and that we know that we know that coach O was not, was not Woodward's guy. Like he didn't pick him and he wasn't a lot of people's guy. Everybody wanted, we all wanted Tom Herman. Remember we all wanted Jimbo. Those didn't happen. And so when you combine all the off the field stuff, the, the off the field stuff that doesn't even have to do with like, with the, with the real bad like allegations, but you combine like him saying like, Oh yeah, I didn't, I, I didn't interview my, my coaches. I didn't interview any of these coaches. Oh, you know, then the whole like the weird girlfriend thing that really was a non-issue, but it kind of is an issue. It kind of was made into an issue where he took all the pictures with the girl and then and then just the lack of production last year and the fact that his uh, the Bo Pelini hiring, like a lot of stuff, the uh, the Matt Canada hiring. You can see where an athletic director might say, OK, you know what? We're going to kill two birds with one stone. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to take the biggest head I can find. This is the biggest head we have at, at the athletic department. He's gone. And you got to hold it up, hold that scalp up and say, is this good enough? And the NCAA will probably say, yeah, it is. And then, and then there you go. And then he gets to hire his guy and, and you know, whatever. I don't know. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but I think that's something to watch. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's a good test on, uh, on where coach O stands uh, with the, uh, with the powers that be because, I mean, uh, it, this may not have started with him, but it definitely, you know, apparently this definitely went on during his watch. So uh, this woman saying she talked to him is willing to testify that she did, or maybe she already did. I don't know. But <clears throat> like, yes, like, yeah, I don't know how she can prove that unless there's a recording out there somewhere, you know. Um, but yeah, this is just crazy stuff all, all going down. Uh, I mean, where, where would this offseason be without it, though? You know, it's like you, you want a nice, quiet offseason, but no, there's all there's all this stuff. Um, just after he picked his, you know, his coaching curse, his coaching tree, basically. Um, but anyway, uh, so I'm ready to move on from that bad news and to, you know, talk about something different, like LSU baseball, <laughs> who got swept this weekend by Vanderbilt. Uh, I mean, they almost did it on Sunday or Saturday. They, they kind of almost pulled it out. Uh, at least it was a close game. Uh, there was some fights, but um I don't think anyone expected LSU to win this series, um, much less put up. I, I don't know. I, I don't want to say didn't put up a fight, but I mean, cause they did, uh, at least for 
a few innings in all three games, really. <laughs> but um, it was just Vanderbilt was just too much. Uh, yeah. And that was going to be one of my one of my thoughts. But um, I don't know, Daniel, uh, I'll, I'll ask you first, man. I, I was able to watch, you know, some of each game. I didn't get to watch all of each game, but I, I don't think I wanted to because uh, at least the first two were were in hand pretty early on. Well, you know, but about halfway through the game, I guess. But um, yeah, I don't know. Is it uh, is it about what you expected this weekend, or did you, or did your uh, I guess perception of LSU baseball get knocked down maybe another peg? Uh, like I said, I was out of town. So unfortunately I didn't get to, maybe fortunately, actually, I didn't get to watch yeah. them all. I watched a, a chunk of the the first game on Thursday um, when LSU got rocked by Kumar Rocker. Mm-hmm. And then they, they actually played okay for the first couple innings. And then the Vanderbilt started blasting off and couldn't get anything going. And then I didn't really tune into anything on Friday or Saturday, but to have seven combined runs across three games, pretty blah. And then the loss of Jaden Hill, which I don't even think we mentioned for the season, is pretty devastating, and you have to feel for him and does not spell good things for the Tigers in the future. Yeah, I I, I mean, I hate to say it, but like, I, I, think, I think on this podcast, maybe not, I, I, I know last week I was joking around with friends, like, go ahead and bring your brooms to the box because it's going to be a sweep. Like, And it was, it was bad. Yeah, we did say it was going to be bad last week. <laughs> so, so, like, you know... Kumar Rocker, Jack Leiter, they pitched great. They were everything that you thought they were going to be. Um, it was kind of cool. You get to see, I think it was Dugas hit a nice little bomb off of uh, Jack Leiter on on Saturday. So I watched that. Yeah. Or on Friday. Tigers got to him better than any other team has. So yeah, far. they did. Um, but, you know, that was about the only bright spot. LSU did hang with him on, on, on the last game a little bit. It's kind of what you expected. It's interesting to me that uh, – it didn't seem like, like Maneri when he like, seems like he played all all three games like they were any other game. You know, I don't feel like he gave I don't feel like he gave Vanderbilt as much credit as maybe me and you and Daniel or anybody else would have going in. It almost like I almost wish that he had gone in and said, okay, we we pretty much lost like at least the first game, probably probably both two, probably first and second. Let's take everything we have and give it into that third one, you know? So that was, that was one thing. I, the loss of Hill is huge. Um, it's, I, I think that's almost like the loss of, you know, our, our hopes for not really our hopes for the season, but you know, that's, that's just debilitating because he was the, he's the star. He was the, the workhorse, the ACE. I do wonder, you know, he tore his UCL, um, which I think is in your elbow. Yeah. Is it, yeah. I think it's, are they going to have to have Tommy John? I don't know if they've said that or not. I don't know if there's been an announcement about surgery. No, I, I know he's having surgery this week. I think, I think he's having surgery like on Thursday. Mm. Like they're got, I, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's the Tommy John specific, like that's not the specific surgery. Like uh-huh. he tore the UCL, but I, I think Tommy John's is, is something different. I think it depends if it's the, the inside or the outside. Okay. The well, regardless, like it's he's there, he's shut down, he's done, you know. Right. Um, I think that uh, it's going to be tough for for us for the rest of the year. And I mean, you don't need me to tell you that. 
this is almost like the situation we've had in a couple of years in the past where like our starting pitchers go down mm-hmm. and then like we only have literally like one or two like all well, this year we have two semi-reliable starters didn't he go down like two years ago well last year he only played in like three games or yeah three or four because he was hurt like a lot of the year too um so i wonder if that's if mlb scouts are like this guy is like a liability he's got a little bit of snake bit mm-hmm. i don't know i i feel for him i feel bad that he's uh he's going to have to address this. And and by the time, from what I've heard, like he's going to have to have surgery like ASAP because for the normal recovery time for this type of injury, he's going to be fresh out of fresh out of rehab, right. When the draft happens in like July. So, you know, they're going to like, they're going to take him. Whoever takes him in the draft is going to take him without throwing like a, a meaningful pitch and, you know, really six, seven, eight months. Whereas all yeah, you know, presumably lighter and Kumar or whoever could be in Omaha, you know, a month or a month earlier in the draft. Right. And yeah, I, I, I expect him to be, I mean, if they, are, yeah, no, I, that they were, they were everything that we thought they were going to be. They didn't yeah, leave anything and what a out. drop down. It was until like that, you know, their third starter. Um, it was just incredible. And, but here's the thing is, um, you know, like we said, unless you got to, to lighter but um like they it was even before then it's like they they had him in that first inning like what was it bases loaded with one out and like he, he still hadn't give up given up a hit though and then he he struck out like the the first nine batters i think so it's like he, even in that position he was just you know they, they could do nothing um and it, with bases loaded it's like you think all right well if you're going to get a guy like this you got to get to him early right now knock him out of the game or at least knock him off his game yeah uh, they didn't do that like he was just he was just throwing bbs uh after that first inning and just that's what got me is i thought you know what the tigers are just taking a lot of this they're just watching it ha- like I, I understand it's I, I probably couldn't hit any better if the guy came in with a 95 96 mile off fastball and then just throws that breaking ball right up in there by your wrist and you're just you're caught staring but it's like it, I'm sorry, you, you know, you look at the talent the LSU has, they, these guys should be taking swings. At least Vanderbilt was taking swings with their strikeouts and just, you know, trying. I, I guess that's what you goes back to what you're saying about Maneer. It's like he just didn't try anything different, you know. Vanderbilt had, I think LSU had two guys on um, at one point, and it looked like LSU was threatening to score, and Vanderbilt had like a 8-2 lead at this point, and their coach came out and talked to them to like strategize. Mm-hmm. You just don't see that from Maneer. You know, this is Vanderbilt up by five whatever runs, and he's just, you know, they're they're still playing to win. Maneri is just like, oh, well, let's just see what they give us. Let's just see what they give us. It's what it yeah. feels like. Right? No, that, yeah, and you're you're right. It's what it feels like, at least. It's not. I mean, I think Scott, you texted me. We, we were talking about it after the, after one of the games where there was a, like a screenshot people were sending around of Maneri after doing the press conference. You were like, he looks like a broken man. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like there's nothing there's nothing more you can say and like again like give give Vanderbilt some credit we I don't think anybody thought we were going to run away with the series but you'd like to see just a little bit of something you know some do some do something kind of bush league like do something you know I don't know do a hidden ball trick or (laughs) or uh put out put out a guy put out the guy who like you know hits weird maybe like he looks like he looks like a Kevin Euclid something to throw people off Right, right. It's just something, something different, and we, and we just, you just didn't see it. It was no. unfortunate. Um, but hey, that's that's just what it is. I don't know. I feel like uh, 
this the season will either break Maneri, like maybe he'll move on and say, you know what, the, the game's passed me by. Maybe, maybe he'll have that realization. Or, you know, LSU just still has time to come into their own. But like now they're not now that they've lost Hill, uh, you know, they just I just don't think they have the starting pitching to Yeah, now, to, now they're gonna rotate like what like Helmers maybe and Helmers uh Labus and, and um Marcin. Like uh, yeah. But that's that's what killed them. Remember when they did play Florida in the College World Series? It's like they only had one true starter. Then the rest was it's Johnny Holstaff. And I don't know if it's Maneri's curse or if it's just something else. But uh, you know, you, you you imagine Vanderbilt's got two guys plus a, a handful of guys that they'll do fine. They just need to hold somebody like LSU to to four runs. That was the other thing is uh, everyone on their bench. I don't think no no one on their bench was batting less than like two fifty. I don't think. Meanwhile, one or two guys for LSU were batting what, like one eleven. Yeah, I was looking at the stats. We have three players that are three hundred or above, and then we have a big chunk that are like two hundred or below. What's it? Um, our our uh, I think it was like I texted y'all like our our second our two hole hitter was batting one fifteen, <laughs> which that's great. You know? I feel like most of our listeners could bat one fifteen. That's that's one hit out of ten at bats. You just bunt, you just bunt every time and then try and beat him to the bag. <laughs> Yeah, if you, I mean, if, yeah, if you, if you hit ten bunts, like you'll probably get on at least once. Can, and that's what happened. Yeah. Remember the, the the guy who's like trying to protect his head, and it ended up being a bunt. <laughs> David first, just crazy stuff. Like you were saying, like just give us something crazy. That's something crazy that happened that got them into scoring position ultimately. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, then then he struck out the side. So. Oh, well, um, I don't know if it's going to get any, I mean, I know it's not going to get any easier for the Tigers, but I, I don't know. I thought maybe, you know, after the next few weeks, the, the, the batting might start, you know, these guys might to start, find some rhythm, find some, some confidence again. But uh, if you lose Hill, I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know how you replace a starter like that though. That's, that's a big blow. Um, and it's just, you know, it's, I hate to say it, but it's it's been typical of LSU for the last few years. So uh, it's something I don't know how you fix that, though. You know, your, your starters going down. Uh, I don't know. That's uh, that's just crazy. Um, but other than that, uh, wasn't too much else going on. I know the uh, gymnastics team made it to the to the final four. Congrats to them. Uh, I don't know if they're competing as of yet, but they, they made it. You just this is what I was thinking is every you know, every few years, you know, LSU has played for a football title. And it's like in between, that's when, you know, basketball has like an odd year that's up and awesome or baseball makes it to Omaha. Mm -hmm. But it's like that stuff's not happening anymore. You know, LSU baseball used to be, uh, you know, the the, the cream of the crop. And then, but, you know, look at it, players like Vanderbilt. LSU's had good recruiting classes, you know, top five the last few years. But the talent disparity just seems – Bigger than that, they looked against Vanderbilt like LSU, like uh, South Alabama looked against LSU earlier in the week. You know, mm-hmm. like we look great against these midweek teams, but then get to the weekend and it's match. not the same. Yeah, so uh, I don't know what you do about that because um, all these teams look at look at the top top seeded teams in the country right now. It's all SEC. I don't I don't know how LSU fell far behind, even though numerically it's like they're still getting these recruiting classes but the talent gap is just there's definitely a difference 
They got the the weekend series this week is at Kentucky. They just got swept by Mississippi State, so maybe we can pull out a win or two, get some sort of confidence going because that's going to be important. Just to know that we like we can win a game since we've dropped six in a row. We need to. I mean, I think we need to go out and sweep them. Like it needs to be. We need to play angry. We need to go out there and and hit the ball and and take take out some some anger on uh, on Kentucky because. If not, if we, if we go out there and kind of mess around and uh, do, 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 okay, we're gonna leave a minute. Well, maybe we split game. We win game one, then win game two. It's a close one, and the then we do our typical thing where we go into extras on Sunday, and it goes to like twelve innings. Maybe we lose, maybe we win. If we do that, I mean, it's it's kind of the season's kind of over at that point. You know, like we gotta go out there and really, really, really take it to them. Yeah, because. Uh... You look at the record now, it's like they, what are they, like 17 and I think 12 or LSU? Or, yeah. It's like, um, you know, if they, if, they, if they go like one and two in the next couple of series, now you're looking at like a 500 team. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's not good either. Yeah, 17 and 11 right now, one and eight in SEC play. Uh, pretty tough. Yeah. And, you know, just to even get even in the SEC play, we're going to have to win probably three series in a row and who knows when that's going to happen right well I I don't know I I feel like the team I don't know maybe this is something that can turn around it's like this I feel like they're all affected by you know losing Jaden Hill for the season um I don't know maybe maybe they'll find something different um I, I don't know um I was trying to think of something to compare it to uh, but I, I can't really because it's it's just it's not good anyway. You slice it. But I don't know. Do you guys uh, do you guys have anything else you wanted to put out there? I don't think so. Got the Masters this weekend. Hopefully uh, that's good. It's nice to have it back in the spring. It feels like it just happened. I guess it kind of did. What is it like October? November uh, or November? Yeah. yeah. But they got the azaleas rocking. I'm I'm sure. No, it was. Remember, it was the same week as the Bama game. So it was like all kinds of things like coming together game day was at the masters that was really cool yeah jordan spieth won his first golf tournament in like four years so maybe he'll actually uh kind of put something on at the masters take another one down that'd be cool oh well uh, i guess that'll about do it for us here on talking tigs um tune in next week hopefully lsu baseball has a you know a series win that we can report on or at least something else uh good comes out of baton rouge that we can report on um but either way we're we're dedicated we'll have it here for you all Um, So until then, stay safe, stay tuned, and we'll talk to you next time on Talking Tunes.